Okay, so let's pick up where we left off. Thanks so much for bearing with. No worries. So you were talking about your entrepreneurship story. Story. Um, go ahead and tell us how you started. Uh, so I remember being no more than 10 years old, probably like eight, and I told my mom that I was going to grow up and be a fashion designer and a hairstylist and a dancer. <laughs> and I was going to take all of this and be, I was going to be Janet Jackson's backup dancer, her hairdresser, and design her clothes for her tour. Wow. And I remember my mom telling me, no, you're going to go to college because you're not going to make money doing that. And for the longest time, that just stuck with me. Even when I was a senior in high school, I actually only needed two classes to graduate my senior year. And so I told my mom, well, I want to go to beauty school because they had this option at my school that you could go to school part-time and then go take a trade part-time if you were a junior or a senior and you would still have enough credits to graduate. And I said, no, you're going to college. Right. Um, so I graduated. I went to college. I bumbled around from job to job. And everywhere, every now and then, I would get this idea for a job either to be a personal assistant because I was a personal assistant for one person. Yeah. And then when I left there, I said, hey, this is like a service that a lot of people need, but they can't afford to hire someone full-time to do this. This would be a great business. Mom's like, you need to get a job. You need benefits. Okay. So I bumble around a little bit more. Then I get this idea to start a company organizing for people, whether it's I organize your schedule. You know, think about having to be on hold for your doctor to schedule a doctor's appointment in two weeks. I can do that for you. Or we'll come and organize your closet or your garage or a party. Just organize whatever you need. Organize your life. And mom's like, you need to get a job with benefits. Ah, uh uh-huh. And so I was steadily trying to get this job with benefits. And I lied to you not, I've only had maybe two or three jobs for more than a year because if I hated it, I just, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I needed something that was going to fulfill me, and these jobs weren't it. Um, so eventually I got to the point where I was at my, my state job. I was making good money. I was traveling. I had great benefits that I didn't have to pay for, contributing to a pension. And I was miserable, and I literally sat in my office one day and said, God, can't you let these people fire me? Like, they don't want me here, and I hate being here. And two weeks later, I got fired. Not even two weeks oh. later, I got fired. Wow. And um, and I remember because it was around the time of our yearly evaluations, and so I knew I was going to get my yearly evaluation, and I said to my mom, I think they're going to fire me. She's like, no, you know, they probably just want to talk to you if it's yearly evaluation time. And I said, no, I, I think I really think I'm going to get fired. Okay. And and that's what happened. And I hit the ground running with my business and have not looked back. Within a, within a month, I had um, – three clients signed on for the uh, children's part of my business, which gave me some time to figure things out. I, I already had an, a part-time job that I hadn't quit. It was a job I had before the state job, and I just kept working there part-time. So, you know, through the growth of my business and my part-time job um, and 
just whatever other side hustles came up, I, I've, you know, I was able to sustain myself and really build something, and I'm, I'm not looking back. And how long have you, what phase of business are you in right now? Like what phase of your entrepreneurship, your startup? Um, How long? I'm still in my first year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm still in my first year. um, But interestingly enough, as the idea for my business, it started in September, 2014. And I got a little bit of traction and I had friends who would say, oh, can you come speak here? Oh, can you teach this here? And so I still had these one-off opportunities that I was doing, and I finally had a friend sit me down and was like, you need to make money off of this. You're doing these favors for your friends, and it's great, but this is your calling. Um, and that was when I was like, okay, well, let's purchase the website and started doing all these things when I had time from my full-time job. Um, but I, I think that my business is a testament to when you are passionate about something and you start leaning into that purpose, yeah. things just keep coming your way. For sure. For sure. Especially when you create the open door for people to know you like while you sleep. Like I love the fact that websites help you make make connections while you sleep, you know? And so it's not just you hustling to the point where you're having to tell so many people um, word of mouth works for sure. But it's like when you take it seriously and you get that website going, it's a major, it's a major pivot moment, you know? It is. And to your point of word of mouth, how important it is, I've had friends who knew someone who was looking for something and, and we were, you know, maybe all part of the organization and I'm quietly helping out and they're looking for volunteers, but me and my humbleness or me and my fear, which I'm still not 100% sure what was keeping me quiet, I wouldn't volunteer. But I had friends who would say, oh, let Jay do it. And then when asked for credentials, like my friends would run down the list of this is why she's qualified and I've experienced this, this, and this with her. Um, That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I I totally believe in word of mouth um, and it definitely pinched me that this would be something I needed to do better when I read a book called Thou Shall Prosper and it's written by a Jewish rabbi, but he basically talks about how our prosperity um, as young professional people or as business owners, entrepreneurs comes when we get confidence that whenever we go out around our friends, you know, whether we're at charitable events, mixers, parties, we should be very clear and confident about what we do and how we do it. That's not like we that's not like we open up the books and tell people exactly how we do what we do. But you should always be talking to people about what you do and say it with a level of pride. So that's how you get business. It happens naturally when you're always describing what you do. So I completely believe in word of mouth marketing. Let me ask you this. Between entrepreneurship and I know we only have like two minutes left. But between entrepreneurs, well, actually, now that we're on the call, I can talk to you until I get to my meeting. So we have a little bit more time. Okay, awesome, awesome, awesome. I wanted to hear some aha moments and thought patterns you've had to overcome between resetting your career and starting a business. And I know that those are very intertwined in your story, but I think that they're, especially if you're you 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 have 
expertise in career counseling. I would love to hear what you would say are some thought patterns that people need to overcome or thought patterns you've had to overcome with choosing your perspective, a healthy perspective on career, and then as well with transitioning to an entrepreneur. I think the number one thought that I had to overcome is this isn't a real thing. And so what I mean by that is when I was looking for a job, when I was looking for someone else to fund my career path, I had to look for a job that someone else had already created, a job that someone else thought was real. Yeah. But with my job or with my, my job now as an entrepreneur, I get to decide what it is. I get to decide what it looks like. And all I need to do is find people who have similar beliefs or believe enough in my belief that they're willing to pay for it. Right. Um, Yep. And I think for me being, um, growing up in the inner city, being raised by a single mom who's a school teacher, which is a very well-known, because everyone's going to school, and a very tangible career path, part of what made being an entrepreneur so hard was that I didn't see anybody else doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only, there's probably only one person that I could um, say in my trajectory that define their career for themselves, but even um, even their entrepreneurship was based in a job that someone else saw value in because the foundation of their entrepreneurship was that they were a journalist. So, you know, they had their column that went out, and as long as they had that, they had a certain following that allowed them to do other things, whereas I'm trying to do the other things without being a journalist or having this strong foundation of a job somewhere. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're, basically what I'm hearing you say is if you are, it's a predominant thought pattern that if you have, if you are studied or have, uh, you know, your traditional training is within a certain profession, that whatever you pursue will be within that profession, right? But if you don't, if your interest or your passion doesn't align with a certain profession or a job description that's out there already, sometimes you, it, it can be a little bit harder to have the confidence to pursue it as a business idea. So I, I, I can feel what you're saying with that one for sure. Yes. Yeah. That can be a very difficult thing for people to overcome. Yeah. Any more aha moments that you think were really, really... Um, sort of italicized in your mind or your journey of making career jumps? Um, I think my misery. <laughs> and okay. it, was, it was just a trend. And I think, like, in the beginning I said I made a career of changing careers, basically, at one point in my life. And so... It didn't matter if I was a school teacher. It didn't matter if I was a financial service planner. It didn't matter if I was an office manager. I kept coming to this point of misery and unfulfillment. Yeah. And eventually I just had to say to myself that it's it's not these jobs. It's it, At some point it's not the job. It's not. And so whether I quit the job or got fired from the job, it was something that needed to happen because that I wasn't good for that. I might have been good at it, but I wasn't good for it. 
and what I mean by that is I was just a cog in the wheel. And if you put a cog, if you you know, you put the mechanical system together, it'll keep going. It'll keep going, it'll keep going. Um but it'll wear down, and sometimes you might have to replace stuff. And for me, like, I was a bad cop because I got worn out quickly because I didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a drive. I'm I'm not a button pusher. I'm not going to just keep pushing buttons. I needed to create. I needed to innovate. And even if it's not as deep as my issue was, I think that when you're not living your purpose, there always seems to be this more that you want or you know, you have a job, and they're like, well, we've always just done it this way, and everybody's okay with it because it's always been done that way, Yeah. but you're not. And so you have to feed that creativity and find the your purpose and your passion in doing it. I mean, if you think about even something as simple as, like, accounting, there's, there's still creativity and innovation in the way that you help clients and the way that you prospect people, and it's you're somewhere where they're like, oh, we send out mailers. How many people, I mean, I can go two weeks without checking my mail. So for me, that's not an effective form of marketing. And so if you're so frustrated that your company only markets to people through mailers, then, you know, take that innovation that you have and go somewhere else and let it thrive. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good aha moment. Uh, I can relate to that because I remember reading a book by, uh, his name is Daniel Pink. It was called Drive. And at the time I was working as an administrative assistant for a healthcare company, a large healthcare recruitment company. And they had just distributed this book to all of their executives to read, actually their presidents. And I read the book. I just kind of like snagged it off the shelf of my president, whom I was the assistant for. And um, read the book, loved the book. And my aha moment was the book talks about the book's subtitle is what really motivates us. Right. Um, it it ta- basically talks about how we're not always motivated by money. Like there's parts of us, depending on our personality, that is motivated by autonomy, creativity and purposeful sort of uh, meaningfulness. And I I resonated with that because I felt like what I was desiring in my own career shift was more autonomy, right? Was more of the ability to create something that wasn't there or create something that reflected me better rather than just being a cog, like you put it. So that's something I really share with you as well. So here's some rapid fire questions that are more like quick answer off the go. What you think on this, on these, on the topic of career set and um, career reset and starting a business. You ready? Ready. Okay. What is your best tip on finding a new job? Talk to people. You stop getting on the computer, putting out a hundred resumes and hearing nothing back because that burns you out quickly. Yep. Uh, expand your network, find out what companies are hiring. Go that route. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot of people get the mistake that if they, that filling out a form online is more efficient with their time and makes them feel like they're putting themselves out there in a lot more ways than showing up to a networking event or actually showing up to a business and introducing themselves. Um, But it's actually, it's funny how much 
the humanness of finding a job has decreased in light of the internet, you know? Right. But even, um, even if you think about it, going to, so if you're an accountant, go to the accountant's association monthly meeting and network with those people. Right. Yep. So that when you when when a job comes up at that company, you can you still go on on the computer and you apply. So you tell your friend, hey, I applied for this job. Do you know any pointers? Yep. Um, but also, if you apply for a job, Google the company. Yeah. And most of the people who make decisions, their website is listed. Email them and say, hey, I'm, I applied for this job. I'm really interested. Could you tell me more about your company? Because people respond to you going the extra step. Yes, they do. They do. Yeah. Here's another question. Second question. You ready? Ready. Best piece of advice you've ever heard on crushing an interview? Um, go on the interviews for jobs that you don't want because they're practice for the jobs that you do want. I've never heard that. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's great. Uh, rapid fire question number three. What's the best tip you've ever heard on negotiating salary? Um, the best tip on negotiating salary. Know your value. Okay. Okay. How do you, how would you, how would you encourage people to know their value? Um, so don't, don't try to market, but know your value and, and ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the best piece of advice you've ever heard about career success? The best piece of advice I've heard about career success. You get to decide what success is. Yep. Personally define it. Yeah, you definitely own that in your one for living. And what what success quote motivates you? Like what's something that you have always turned to that's a song or success quote? Song or success quote? Um, I think it was like Bob Dylan or one of the Beatles or something like that. Um, and he said, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up and I told them happy. And they told me I didn't understand the question. And I told them they didn't understand happy. It's something along those lines. I'm probably misquoting it. Um, but the, the older I get and the more insight I have to who I am, at the end of the day, I want to be happy. So I don't want to be a multi-millionaire CEO at a top Fortune 100 company and be miserable. Right. Um, you know, wh- wherever my happiness lies, whether I'm single, I'm married, I have kids, I don't have kids, I'm working, I'm unemployed, I'm an entrepreneur, I work for someone else, I just want to be happy in any and everything, in any and anyone, uh, detracting from my happiness just has to go. I love it. And I have to be comfortable with that. And that's a really hard thing, especially like I remember uh, one time being in a relationship and he was a good guy, like respectful, kind, caring, but he, he wanted
wanted to live in the city that he grew up in for the rest of his life. He had never been out of the country and didn't really have a desire to leave the country. Um, and, I, and that was so opposed to everything I am. And yeah. so while it was a good relationship, it was, it was horrible because I was not happy. I was like a cage And you know, there's nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with him, but you, you got to let go of what doesn't make you happy. And so in that instance, I had to be okay with letting go of this seemingly good guy that all my friends loved, all my family loved, because I wasn't happy. And I was I will say that the people closest to me, the people who really were my diehards, they saw my unhappiness. They were they were like, Yeah, I've been waiting for you to break up with him because he's a good guy, but he was not good for you because at any given you know, you wanna travel, you wanna do this, you're very creative and he's very grounded. And there's there's certain things balance where, you know, you might be super creative and your partner might be super organized, but then there is a distance in that that can create an imbalance in your life. So gotta let be okay with letting go of things that don't make you happy even when they seem like something you should be happy with or you should be doing. Cool. I like that. I like that quote. I'm gonna look that up. That was good. So the last question is, what book would you recommend, Jay, to the She She Ventures tribe, and why? What book? Um, So I'm going to go with two books. Okay. And one of them is Who Moved My Cheese? That's a good book. And I'm sure lots of people have recommended it. But it's really... For me, and I and I recommend people read books more than once. So if you read Who Moved My Cheese, read it again. And this time, consider something new or something different about the book, um, particularly the looking for satisfaction in the same place you used to. So the big thing about Who Moved My Cheese was that the mouse kept going back to the same spot trying to find cheese. That was what stuck and resonated with me. And so sometimes you have to be brave enough and bold enough to look in other directions for what you found. You know, my happiness today isn't going to be found in the same place that my happiness was found a year ago. Yeah. Um, And then the second book I would recommend is actually anything that has nothing to do with personal development but something that you can escape into that you can forget the outside world, that you can forget your to-do list, but something that is just pure enjoyment for you. So if it's those, you know, cheesy romance novels, if it's Harry Potter, if it's Eric Jerome Disney, whatever it is, it's going to let you escape for a little while and forget life. Because far too often you get caught up in trying to achieve That's all for now, friends. If you'd like to get updates on new episodes, articles, products, and coaching services to help you make quantum leaps and personal change, sign up for our newsletter at sheventuresnow.com slash updates.